When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broder. We're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how the devil are you doing in the run-up to your trip to the United States of America with your brand new worthless pounds? Why don't you just shut up, yeah? <laughs> I'm feeling Cheap spicy. Pounds. You know when you, you know, on the eve of a trip that you're quite excited about, you get all uh, excited about it and stuff. And I'd like mm. to actually thank a lot of people who I think I mentioned that I'm I'm, I'm going through Seattle. I think we I think we might get there. Um, but I uh, a couple of people just DM me on Twitter saying um, if you need any recommendations and stuff. So thank you very much to everyone who got in touch uh, about that. That's, oh, that's, that's really really kind of you. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been having a good uh, good couple of days. Just getting you know just getting a few. Uh, Job's done. Painted the front door. Installed a new oven. My <laughs> oven died, Chris. My oven died. Oh. Terrible. I went to cook a roast, and uh, it was just you know it, it was gone. It was gone. And then it was the will I of bought God. a new oven, and and they ins- and and if you want to uh, get them to install the oven, it's hundred quid. I said like, I can fucking slide an oven in, and I and I, and think, I did. <laughs> I think your partner deliberately sabotaged the oven so they didn't have to put up with your cooking, Pete. Yeah, more we, we will do anything not to uh, not to clean an <laughs> oven. We'll get a new one rather than clean it. Sabotage, <laughs> chop the cables in half out of the back. <laughs> yeah, good exactly. lord. I've I been asked actually. First of all, how long are you away for? Because I don't know. Just a week. Just a week, baby. Oh. Two weeks. You're going all the way to the other side of the world, to the far-flung yeah. west coast of America, for just yeah. a week. How come it's just a week? Just because um busy, isn't it? <laughs> Can't get away with uh, much longer but, than that, really. But you know what's yeah. close to Seattle, don't you? Don't oh, you, the, it's Japan. Japan. Japan, yes. God it's kind is. of close, yeah. but not. No. Fly over. I think it is. By that point, you'll be able to come in, right? October 11th. October 11th. Can you might like, will it be like, uh, I, 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 can imagine how difficult it will be for the people who arrive on the 11th. I mean, how so the, the limits are completely removed. Mm. I think my prediction is right, everyone goes wild. The people who go uh, from uh, October 11th have a lovely time for two or three weeks. <laughs> then the COVID numbers creep up and they shut the <laughs> fuck down. End of November for oh. Christmas, they shut it down because you know what they are like. But I'm, 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 I, I can't wait to get back over. I, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'll get rid of this holiday. <laughs> Let's see if I can get away with another one soon after that. 
<laughs> Do you think we can expect your cheeky face over in Japan before the year is out? Do you think you'll be coming over? Oh, I don't know, to be honest. I mean, to be honest, you're bringing the mountain to Mohammed, uh, bringing yourself over in uh, in December yourself to do your little your little live show, the wee live show, Chris, live and unleashed. Well, yeah, well, I guess I am. But still, it'd be nice to have you over here, wouldn't it? I know, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, Halloween party. Get I, over I can't it. the Halloween party. You know, I can't oh, do that. I've told, rubbish, I've told you for various rubbish. reasons I can't do the Halloween party. But uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, getting back over because the thing is, I'm kind of torn because I really want to take my partner over because she's never been. Or she she went for like mm. one day and, and, and on, a, on a stopover with jet lag coming out of her bum. But oh, uh, but uh, I was I really want to take her over, but I'm not going to take her over until like middle of next year, I think. Late next year, I think, because I... I'll come over to see you, dick about for a bit, uh, but I'll, I think I'll take her. I'll take her over uh, later, later in the year when all the silliness has ended. Because uh, Fair enough, I mean, yeah. who knows where we'll be at that point? But uh... <laughs> well, my uh, my editor Dave is going to test the waters. He's coming over in October. And, is uh, he? Wow! I'd be interested to see and... how that uh, how that works. Oh yeah. He'll, he's, he's cannon fodder for the immigration process. <laughs> I think it'll be relatively simplistic. I yeah. I can't remember. I think you've got to either have a PCR still or you've got to prove you've had three vaccines, something three vaccines, to that right. effect. Okay. Um, so that's the only thing I, I know I think that could be you know, a hurdle for some people, but we will see. We will know. And hopefully this whole, like, you know, case is creeping up in October, November, as they inevitably will because it gets to become winter. Yeah. Hopefully that won't be an issue and they will just yeah. just get on with life. Um, we will see. We will see. I remain sceptical, unfortunately. Uh, we've got a story here from Philip. who begins, Dear Crispy Chris and Petite Pete, I'm Philip, Philip from Innsbruck in Austria and I have a weird story about a steakhouse visit in Japan. Ooh. In March 2017, my girlfriend and I were in Japan for a little over two weeks. One day and night we spent in Kobe and while being there, we just had to visit a steakhouse, naturally, to try some Corby beef for the first time. We'd booked a table in a fancy steak restaurant called uh, Corby Plaisir. Plaisir? Is that a word? That's a, a word, probably a French word that I've just butchered. Uh, but I chose the beef set menu, the Kobe beef set menu, for 13,000 yen, about 95 euros, uh, $130. Uh, we really enjoyed our dinner. The food was very good and it was a cool experience to watch the chef do his magic at the grill. Fast forward to November 2017 when I got an email from a Japanese email address. It was written in quirky English and basically it said, they are, very, they are really, really sorry and have to apologize because during a certain period of time, they say they served beef labeled as Kobe beef, but in reality, it was lesser quality meat or at least not allowed to be called Kobe beef. Bam! It was went, spam. <laughs> that's mental. They then went through their credit card records, and our visit fell in that mentioned period of time, and that's why I'm qualified for a full refund for my meal, just mine because my girlfriend didn't order Kobe beef, or what what was thought to be Kobe beef. I couldn't believe it, and thought that it sounded scammy, and that someone wanted to get my bank details or so. But all the details. <laughs> Uh, were correct and the dates so I took a chance and filled out the complaint form and eight weeks later 95 euros got transferred to my bank account oh, I wow. still have to smile when I think back to that story never ever would I have assumed that I got cheated on that night out in Corby keep up the good work guys Philip he ate fake Corby beef or whatever it was that's amazing that he got a, that he got a, uh, a refund it's after pretty noble, all that time it? yeah very noble. stuff that 
Smash in. I mean, if you if you go to Kobe, uh, you walk down like the main street. I think one in like three restaurants has a yeah. sign being like Kobe beef, buy one get one free. Five yeah, euros. they don't seem that annoyed. Uh, five- they don't seem that careful about you know. They sort of gone, it's beef, and you're in Kobe, so fucking eat it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just you know deeply suspicious. I remember learning <laughs> that uh, what all these people had done is just take a lot of all these restaurants just take some beef to Kobe, and they're like, yeah, it's Kobe beef because it's in Kobe, isn't it? Kobe beef, <laughs> and sort of scam people and trick them in that yeah. way, but. Yeah, you've got to be careful where you go. Always go to a reputable restaurant. Clearly, this restaurant was the real deal and they'd just been sold some dodgy stuff. It was probably good beef by all accounts, but uh, just not Cobby beef, which, of course, is very special, exclusive and uh, has to be sort of labelled as such. But, uh, yeah, Cobby beef. Cool. Dear, oh dear. It's, a, it's and, an inspirational story that I think people, uh, restaurateurs over here, could probably learn a thing or two about, quite frankly. When well, we went so. to Corby, we had a good cut of beef, right? And I remember TC, uh, Tokyo Creative, paid an arm and a leg for it for our video, yeah. right? I think they paid like $250 for the Did they? Was the that a, I didn't realise that was a Tokyo Creative joint, literally joint. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I was going to pay for your bloody Kobe beef, was I? Oh. Or mine at that moment. Yeah, I, I, but it was it was completely the place was completely deserted and uh, mm. so before I used to see a man smoking a cigarette out the back and then when he saw yeah. me looking at him smoking a cigarette he, he slammed the door shut <laughs> it was a little bit suspicious I, it was a really cool steakhouse though um, mm. I, yeah all, all this talk of Kobe beef has reignited my passion for Wagyu I need to get back down there um, delicious but there you go What's going on in Japan this week though Pete what is the news of the week is it involving food does it involve Kobe beef well, I would no. be able to tell you, uh, Chris, but for some flipping reason, I've cl- there it is. <laughs> of course, my blooming thing. Uh, now, how much do you like A, uh, sustainability, and B, cockroaches? <laughs> uh, I love a bit of sustainability. Not so sure mm. about cockroaches. I've only seen about three or four over the years in my time in Japan. One of them really? followed wow. me through my apartment block, and it really creeped me out. It's t- it, it, it followed me down the hallway. I went into my apartment, shut the door. I looked through the peephole. And the cockroach was literally sitting outside the door waiting for me like waiting a dog. Waiting for you to come out. It was really bizarre. <laughs> Second time I saw a cockroach on my pillow in a love hotel. And the third time I saw one in a restaurant in Sendai. So it's three encounters stuff, in 10 years. <laughs> love, love Despise them. Yeah, I mean, you say you've only experienced a couple of cockroaches, but I mean, they're quite intense. They say they, they say quite intense uh, experiences with the cockroaches. They're just so big and horrible. Yeah, uh, well, I don't know. They, they, they've got they've got business, haven't they? they? If if it's if it's wet, if it's warm, <laughs> they want to hang out. A team of Japanese researchers have developed a rechargeable cyborg cockroach. Perfect. Just what I want this Christmas. They've managed to. I don't think it's a commercially available product, but the team, a perverted team in my opinion, have attached a four micrometer ultra thin solar cell film uh, to the backs of Madagascar cockroaches. They're six uh, centimetres long. They can't fly, so they're easy to handle. Uh, And the uh, cockroaches basically can uh, walk wherever they want to walk. But as soon as the uh, developers, as soon as the scientists, as soon as the the, the physics guys uh, start controlling them, you can basically tell them where to go, which could be really, really useful. Uh, the, the, The charge only lasts for 30 minutes, but... 
uh, 30 minute charge rather uh, only allows two minutes of remote control capacity but obviously it'll be better uh, the, the, the more they do this uh, so the cockroaches could basically they're basically sort of thinking this could be really useful uh, in uh, remote medicine uh, getting people uh, 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 treatment when they're trapped in collapsed buildings or something like that uh, or to collect data in hazardous zones uh, so you can manoeuvre these little kind of remote control cockroaches which I guess will be cheaper uh, than using, uh, you know, little tiny uh, micron-sized uh, robots that, that, that scientists have made. Mm. So controlling things that already exist, putting a little bit of microfilm on the stuff, uh, it, it might be a go. It might be a go, Chris. You never know. What are the ethics around this, though? This is pretty dodgy stuff, right? I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like riding a horse, I suppose, isn't it? <laughs> You're telling well, the mean, horse to go in one direction and the other direction. I guess it comes down to... You know, cockroaches aren't conscious, whereas a horse is, so different kettle of fish. But, like, yeah. uh, what's to stop I, this I, from going up a notch? When, when are we going to be putting, like, you know, batteries on the back of humans and riding them around, like, London? <laughs> I don't know. It's a pretty big leap of imagination. Chris, don't, know, the idea. Don't, don't, don't make me horny on men for crying out loud. We're doing a podcast. Uh, but no, it's, it's a fascinating thing. And, and I mean, you are allowed to stamp on cockroaches. I don't think they're a protected species. You wouldn't be able to stamp on a horse. I'd like to see you try, quite frankly, Chris. But um, oh, oh God. <laughs> I think it's great. It's a great idea. Great little plan. Monster, monster, Frankenstein Donaldson over here. Well, imagine if you're like, so, right, there's a massive fucking earthquake in Sendai, right? And you're uh, you're a little um, uh, not earthquake proof, let's make that very clear, uh, uh, office slash uh, set. Uh, The the, the whole thing crumbles and you are caught under uh, a massive uh, picture of your own face and you're in in a disaster (laughs) zone and you're having a nightmare. And then you're like, oh, just if only I could get in, I could probably get out if I just had a bit more energy. And what? Who's this coming? It's a cockroach, and he's got a little <laughs> mug of Ovaltine. <laughs> he's got. There you go, Chris. There you go, Chris. Have a have this mug of Ovaltine. Let's get you out of here. <laughs> I don't. I think I'd probably feel I was having like a panic attack or something was going horribly wrong. <laughs> You were, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably more likely, isn't it? Probably more likely. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, this is this is interesting territory. I, I suppose it's ethically all right. I don't know. I, it's a cool idea, and you know, we've seen lots of robotics in the field of like when it came to Fukushima, the Fukushima disaster. They just struggled to get into the place where the uh, uranium rods were, and uh, yeah, this could be a way around that. But can you put a camera on a cockroach and then control it? These are the questions. I don't know. Well, yeah, I guess you'd sort of need to know where they were going. Or maybe they do do it through like GPS data or something. I mean, I guess you don't need to sort of generally. I mean, you could be like, <laughs> yeah, you, you could like say you're uh, on one of your, on one of your, on, on your diet or whatever. And I see you <laughs> that your GPS data is heading into family chicken, uh, family mart. And I've got a family little, chicken. I've got an unlovable little uh, remote control cockroach that comes and lands on your hand. And, it go, and you go, oh, cockroach is gross. And then you run out the shop and you don't eat the, uh, you don't eat the chicken. It's a great plan. I don't know <laughs> if this is a good plan. I mean, yeah, no, it's, a, it's an unorthodox method. Let's take that <laughs> and apply it to Natsuki's cigarette smoking addiction. Let's good point. Yes. Let's turn the Let's do it. unethical into the ethical. That's what we do <laughs> uh, on the Abroad Japan podcast. We'll be back in just a moment, guys, with your stories, comments, and questions in the fax machine. Should have been. Small details are big surfaces. 
Tight corners or odd shapes? Flat, rounded, textured, or tall? Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. And we're back with the Fax Machine. What have we got this week from our listeners? Mr. Dolson. We got a message from I can't speak today. Najib. Thank you, Najib. Hello, affable Chris and animated Pete. What is normal Japanese humour like? Is it mostly slapstick, like it seems to be an anime and on many Japanese TV shows? Are people you meet in everyday life humorous at all, or do you only see humour among friends? Najib. I mean, there is a lot. There's a lot of funny guys on the street, isn't there? Funny yeah. guys on the street. Yeah. Funny guys on the street. It's been funny. <laughs> I mean, it's it's more about stereotypes in Japan because Japan's so rigid and serious. Right. It's quite common to sort of parody and stereotypes like, you know, business managers or people in power, important people, yeah. school principals and whatnot. But yeah, it's more slapsticky. I have not quite conquered Japanese humor. Not sure I've conquered British humor either. But, I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I've struggled to wrap my head around it. Often there's a lot of nuances and... You know, you need to be really good at Japanese as far as I'm concerned to really get the humor. And I don't know if I'm quite at the point where I can appreciate right. it. But it's very different. It's very different yeah. and and doesn't quite have the sarcastic, cynical undertones that we have in British comedy, right? It's right, kind okay. of a different kettle of fish, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mm. No, I, I, I sometimes get it. We got one here from uh, Jorg, uh, Jorgen who says, Hello, gents. I'm writing to you from Calgary, Canada. Uh, my girlfriend and I are looking to go to Japan sometime next year, and she was wondering what the thrift shop scene is like in Japan. Do you know any thrift shops in Tokyo? How is it viewed in general? Cheers, guys. Uh, I would say thrift shops are very good in Japan because people mm. love secondhand goods and take good care, yeah. of their, good care of their household items. You can buy... You know, like anything for a reasonable price in good condition. Like as I've always said, you can buy like uh, video games consoles that uh, are literally impossible to find in the UK. You can find them here, like the Famicom, brand new, bubble wrapped in a shop at a reasonable price. I love that about Japan. I love going into thrift stores and having a look around. Even with clothes, people take incredible good care of them. Uh, I mean, you've had a good rummage around a few thrift stores in your time, Pete, and your trips I've to Japan. I've had a what good you rummage. Found? Don't you worry about that. I think, um, is it, sh- uh, sh- it Shim- Shimokitazawa? Is that is that a place? Yes. Does that yes. sound about right? Shimokitazawa? Um, that, that, that sort of area is uh, really good for second-hand clothes in particular. Um, I'm a big fan of um, J-League um, jerseys, um, soccer jerseys um, and there are some stunning stunning shops uh, around that area that just just specialise in that sort of thing um, so yeah second hand clothing second hand consoles second hand uh, music uh, instruments airsoft guns in your mm. hard offs and stuff like that yeah I mean it's an absolute uh, paradise um, but I mean obviously the stuff is is, is is quite expensive unless you're like unless you just want a really cheap Game Boy or something that smells of fags um, you can usually buy one of them for about 10 quid but um, or we'll steal it from Asky <laughs> exactly, uh, exactly. The, yeah, the two main ones are hard off um, and there's book off as well which is a book mm. specialised one but hard off and second street um, is quite popular uh, chain up in Tohoku but right. uh, yeah, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Um, look up Second Street or Hard Off while you're traveling around Japan. If you want to try out a thrift store and uh, you'll mm. see what you can find. I know Norm Tokyo Lens, 
he did a good he's done a he's sort of done the most videos on thrift stores in Japan. He did one in Sendai actually when he came up here and he went to I think six thrift stores in the Sendai area. Um mm. so yeah, check out Tokyo Lens. He's done a fair, fair few thrift store videos, far more than I have. Uh Timmy Jimmy is that a real name? Timmy Jimmy. Timmy Jimmy. Uh, it says greetings and salutations Chris and Pete. Uh does Japan make any good rum? I absolutely love it, and I love trying it from other countries. So in the middle of nowhere, in America, Timmy Jimmy. Um, Timmy Jimmy. Well, Timmy Jimmy, I'm afraid not. Rum, <laughs> It's it, you can get good imported rum here. Uh, in fact, I've got a nice big bottle of Kraken here in the studio. Uh, but no, Japan does not make rum. Or if it does, I certainly haven't seen it or know anything about <laughs> it. Um, I've right. just picked up a nice case of uh, cider. From uh, from Almori, which I'm going to be drinking the moment this podcast is finished. Uh, but no rum. No rum, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. What interesting, quirky, alcoholic drinks have you found on your trips around Japan, Pete? Well, I mean, I'd, I'd obviously like to um, recommend the Lee Spirit Company. Uh, the, the, my neighbour runs, um, specialises in uh, Lee and C rum. Two different versions. I think there's... Actually, I think there's three oh, cool. different versions and a blend. Uh, but uh, yeah... Great, great rum. I'm, again, I'm, I'm, I'm don't know rum at all, really. Mm. Um, drank a lot in Portugal and never went back, really, <laughs> to either the rum or the country. Um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, I appreciate it when I when I drink it. But it's it's quite hard to find a good one, isn't it? Really, rum. Uh, yeah, quite, I, um, quite, sh- quite sugary. Yeah, it was it was actually Ian, the producer for Journey Across Japan, and my mm. right hand man, uh, who introduced me to Kraken. It's a really yeah. cool brand. They've got that, they've got like a Kraken on the branding, but it's got a really yes. nice sort of sweet caramel undertone to it, and it's yeah, caramel undertones, and it's really nice with a bit of Coke, a bit of Coca Cola. Beautiful, love the stuff. But uh, mm. yeah, I don't really. As the years have gone on, I've really toned down my alcoholic consumption in general. Mm. I, mm. I just don't really like drinking that much anymore. It's fun every, maybe like once a month with the right people. Um, mm. But like, I don't know, I just don't really like doing it anymore because I just feel mm. like a wreck the next day and it just makes me feel a bit crappy. Like, mm. I don't know. I, I, I know you're the opposite to that though, Pete. You still like drinking very much, don't you? Well, I mean, Chris, I'm, I'm, I was just very surprised that um, when you came and did the uh, live show, the podcast, uh, the podcast show that we did, where I interviewed you in front of um, some of your supporters, um, you were you were clearly a little bit nervous, so you tanked down a couple of ciders. Very enjoyable. <laughs> wow, yeah, and there's that a, was medicinal. A, a medicinal, yeah, yeah, yeah. I sure it was. There's a <laughs> really good bar in Yokohama that I always go to with Pete Premier Two, called. I can't remember it. It's not what okay. the Dickens. That's the pub in Ebisu. It's called the Frag. Oh, I forget it every time. I forget it every time. There's like one pub in Tokyo that does a lot of cider. And also Hobgoblin as well in Tokyo. And funnily enough, Ooh. I was at a wedding the other day and I met the owner of Hobgoblin, uh, a British pub in uh, Rapongi, And he was telling me about all the cider and cheese he imported. And I was commending him on his great charitable work, importing all the cider and cheese. What a legend. I think his name was Mark. I need to get down there. I'll be there next cool. week. Eating all the cheese. Eating all drinking all the cider. <laughs> all the cheese. But I hope you have uh, a wonderful time in America, Pete, in Seattle. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Have yourself a John Candy pizza. I told you about that, right, two weeks ago. No, I don't think you did. Did you talk about what is a John Candy pizza? Did I? It was you. Maybe you I did, swear. but I don't remember John Candy pizza. I don't remember the pizza aspect of it. 
I I went to Seattle and uh, about ten years ago, and I went to right. a, some sort of pizza restaurant, and uh, there was like pepperoni and American American style, Hawaiian style, <laughs> and then just one called John Candy after the, oh, the nice. legendary actor, and uh, it was just pizza, <laughs> <laughs> pizza literally drenched in every ingredient known to man, ingredients that I'm sure John Candy would have loved if you were alive today but yeah, go to Seattle Lovely. find the John Candy pizza ride the monorail around Seattle go up the Space Needle have a drink with Jeff Bezos do everything mm. have fun and yep. uh, send us some All photos right. but uh, as always guys go and if you're in Seattle any time in the next week go and stalk Pete Donaldson chase him around throw mm. something at him throw a pizza at him and um, see if you can track him down <laughs> keep the stories questions comments coming in to Ron Japan Podcast at gmail.com we'll be back later in the week to all over again without Pete Donaldson but for now oh, Matt Way might be out in the big wide world don't be sure for a great few days we'll see you right back here to do it all over again on the Abroad Japan Podcast bye for now Saya fucking Nara Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum.